When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Nuggets Nation, where you'll find the most up-to-date news, stories, and information about the Denver Nuggets and their organization. Brought to you by your host, Ethan Hinschel. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is your host, Ethan, back with Nuggets Nation, episode 32. I'm here to recap tonight's game for the Denver Nuggets against Los Angeles Lakers. The Denver Nuggets were on the road tonight, going up against Los Angeles Lakers for the third time this season, the second of which was on the road. The Nuggets opened the season against the Lakers, for those who don't remember. And it was a pretty big game because it was a rematch of last year's Western Conference Finals, and the Nuggets were able to get the win to beat the Lakers for the sixth straight time because they beat the Lakers last season during the regular season to end the season, and then they swept them, so that was five straight. Then opening night was six straight. Then the Nuggets beat the Lakers in L.A. on the unveiling of Kobe Bryant's statue for win number seven in a row. And then they won again tonight for the eighth win in a row. The Denver Nuggets won tonight's game 124 to 114. It was a really, really good win for the Denver Nuggets. And I'll get into all the reasons as to why it was. But before I do that, I have to announce the brand partnership that I am doing. Colorado Harvest Company is my personal go-to dispensary. Truly a one-stop shop where you can find your favorite brands of flour, concentrate, vapes, and edibles at an incredibly awesome price. Not only that, they have a dedicated online pickup and delivery service for customer convenience. It's super easy to use. So make sure you make your way down to one of their three locations in Denver and Aurora. If you use promo code NUGGETSNATION, you will get $10 off your next order. Colorado Harvest Company's online website will be linked in the description below along with their social media links, so give them a follow. So... I'm going to link all their social media as I did in yesterday's episode or my previous episode in my episode description down below. And I will also include the promo code so you can use that promo code at their store. You can use that promo code whether you order online through their website and just you can hit when you hit checkout, you can put in Nuggets Nation, hit apply and it will take $10 off. Or if you go inside, you can just ask the bud tender who you're working with and let them know that you're using Nuggets Nation promo code to get $10 off. On that note, let's get into things. The Denver Nuggets won today's game 124 to 114, like I said previously, and they had a really, really good game. The first half was not their best half. It was still good basketball, actually. I just thought their defense was just not that good. The shots were falling, and they were playing well offensively. Defensively, they just needed to turn turn it up a notch, and they did exactly that in the second half. And took some notes for today's game as I always do and before I talk about just player statistics I want to go into some team stats in the first half first and then I'll get into some individual players because the Nuggets had a 
assortment of great individual play tonight as well as great team play. But first, let's get to team play because team play is what wins championships, and that's what's won the Nuggets a championship last year. It's what's gotten the Nuggets this far. The Nuggets, yes, we are led by Nikola Jokic, but this team is not single-handedly dependent on a single player in a single game. Different guys step up when needed, and the Nuggets did it against the Heat the other night when Michael Porter had his best game and Jokic didn't have the best game. Jokic for sure was the best player tonight for the Denver Nuggets, him or Michael Porter, but I'll get into that shortly. The Denver Nuggets allowed, they allowed, they didn't shoot, they allowed 27 of 47 shooting from two, which equals 57.4%, and they allowed 6 of 15 from three, which is 40%. However, which all of those are good numbers for the Lakers in the first half. Those are really strong numbers. The Nuggets shot 26 of 48 from two, which is 54.2%, and 5 of 14 from three, which is 35.7%. So when we look at those numbers, the Nuggets made one less shot and took one more shot from two and made one less three while taking one less attempt. So they were right there with the Los Angeles Lakers in terms of shot volume, efficiency, and just offensive execution in the first half. Whether it was half-court offense, transition from three, it didn't matter. They were right there with them. They were down eight points at the half. I thought they closed the half actually rather strong. They got a little unlucky, I thought, with a foul call on Zeke Naji, a little on LeBron. I can't remember if that was the second or third quarter, but it, it was a bit unlucky, and that kind of led to a change of swing, momentum a little. I think that was the third quarter. I, I don't really remember, sorry. Um, but I thought that play stood out to me just because the Lakers got a big momentum boost from that and it kind of affected the Nuggets a little in that regard. But the Nuggets, the defense, the defense just needed to be better in the second half and it got better in the second half. So that was really fortunate. And that's what led the Nuggets to get this win. Though they performed excellently often, though they performed excellent on the offensive end, the defense is what led them to victory tonight, and they allowed 23 points in the third quarter, and they allowed 25 points in the fourth quarter, and in the first and second quarter, they allowed 33 points each, so they went from allowing 66 in the first half to 48 in the second half, with 25 being the highest offensive quarter the Lakers had in the second half, which was the fourth quarter, so that's how you win games, and not only that, but the Nuggets' closing five minutes was absolutely incredible. In the fourth quarter, the Nuggets were 15 of 22 shooting the ball from two, four of seven from three. They made their one free throw. They had two offensive rebounds. As a team, they had nine rebounds, 10 assists, 35 points in the fourth quarter. And their defense was good, but they just did enough in the fourth quarter. That was exactly it. They couldn't be stopped offensively, so defensively, they just did enough. 114 is not the best defensive game, but when you allow 66 in the first half, and then allow 48 in the second half. That's a good defensive second half. And that's probably what Michael Malone and the team talked about in the halftime locker room speech. And just the emphasis of this game was, we're going to win on our defense. We don't want this to continue to be an offensive gauntlet. We want to turn up the defense, and we want to do it early in the third quarter and do it now. And the Nuggets did exactly that. They were down eight, entering the half 66-58. to And... They exited the third quarter tied 89-89, so scored 31 and allowed 23. So they had a plus 8 differential in the third quarter. Then in the fourth quarter, obviously, they scored 35 and allowed 25 and had a plus 10 differential. So they had a plus 18 differential in the second half, and that's what won them this game. And 
tonight, when the Nuggets play like they did in the second half, in my eyes, there's not a team in the league who can beat them because they're so strong offensively, they're so strong defensively, and they were missing their best defensive player in KCP, their starting two guard, who was out for personal reasons tonight. So when you factor in all those things, the Nuggets are an incredibly tough out, as any team in the league is. I know a lot of talk has been on the Boston Celtics, rightfully so, because they're having an incredibly historic regular season, but just their paint points are rather low. I think they're 26th or 27th in the NBA in paints, paint points scored in a game, and the Nuggets are like 4th or 5th, which is tops in the league, and if you're not, if the shots are not falling in the playoffs from three-pointer and long twos, like the Celtics like to shoot, and just like twos, you got to score in the paint to establish a rhythm and create a rhythm and help just alleviate pressure and stress from individual players like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And they've been caught in that scenario last year against the Miami Heat in the conference finals in the playoffs before they lost to the Warriors in the finals and I'm not saying the Celtics aren't good because they're an excellent NBA team and we're seeing them here in Denver on Thursday which will be a great game but I think there's an emphasis in a point to be known that you can dominate inside the paint and if your shot's not falling that's fine because you're going to execute and score plenty of points in the paint and the team is the other team you're playing is going to still have to be honest and keep you keep you honest on the defensive end because they don't know what you're doing whether it's a 3 whether it's a mid-range a layup you're going to go and score it down in the paint like the nuggets did and it was really just a great all-around game and now I'll get into some individual stat lines before I get a little more in-depth on the game because there's plenty of players who are worthy of talking about so in my eyes, the five best players for the Nuggets were four of their main starters and then Justin Holiday. but I'll get into their stats right now. So Jokic, my opinion, he was the best player tonight for the Denver Nuggets. He made the biggest impact on the team. He had 35 points, which was absolutely tremendous. Ten rebounds, two of those were offensive, and seven assists. Just absolutely controlling the game, was lethal in the fourth quarter, was lethal in the third quarter. He had 13 points in the third quarter, so it was really offensive, offensively dominant in the third quarter. Then the Nuggets' second best player or third best player, depending how you want to rate it, is Michael Porter Jr. He had 25 points on 10 to 10 shooting and 5 of 5 from 3 with 10 rebounds and 4 assists. So he didn't miss tonight. He continued his toward shooting that he has had since the All-Star break. When he is rested and healthy and just going, Michael Porter is so good. And I tweeted about during today's game that Michael Porter may have been the third best player for the Denver Nuggets tonight, and he had a perfect shooting night. Like, I don't know if there's another team in the NBA where if a guy shoots 10 of 10 and 5 of 5 from 3 for 25 points and 10 rebounds and 4 assists, like 10 rebounds and 4 assists are still really good numbers uh, with 25 points, how he's not going to be the best player in that game for that team. And I think you can only say the Denver Nuggets because you got Nikola Jokic with 35, 10, and 7. Then you had Jamal Murray who had 24 points, 11 assists, and 6 rebounds. So he had a double-double with 11 assists and 24 points. And he was coming off an ankle sprain and looked a little questionable at times tonight. But in the second half, not the least bit concerned about that ankle, though it probably is bothering him. He didn't show any signs of it bothering him. And it was just so much efficiency for the Denver Nuggets tonight. Nikola Jokic was 16 to 25 shooting, 1 of 5 from 3. Aaron Gordon was 8 of 16 shooting, 1 of 4 from 3. Jamal Murray was 11 of 23 shooting, 1 of 5 from 3. And then I thought the fifth plus 
fifth best player for the Denver Nuggets tonight was either Justin Holiday or Peyton Watson. My vote would go towards Justin Holiday just because of the offensive impact he had. He had 13 points off the bench. He hit three huge threes for the Denver Nuggets tonight, three of five shooting from three, of five of seven from elsewhere. And Peyton Watson was also big tonight. He was three of five shooting, 0-1 from three for seven points with a made free throw. And he had three huge blocks. That's why I debated between Peyton Watson or Justin Holiday being the Nuggets' fifth best player tonight. But both those guys were tremendous. And Justin Holiday. Coach Malone really trusted him tonight, and he was really filling a good role because he was kind of filling in for KCP. And I think the signing of him being a veteran minimum player is really shining, and what a great signing that is because he's filled in when asked of him in games like this. He's played smaller roles and playing six to eight minutes a night. He's played upwards of 10 to 12 minutes a night. He's gone through stretches of do not plays for games on end to start the season and up towards, I'd say, a third third mark of the season, one-third into the season and he handled it like a professional and a champ and a lot needs to be said about that because a lot of guys get frustrated in that role like pj tucker for instance and i'm not saying either of those guys play a similar similar role but pj tucker has grown frustrated with his role with the clippers and justin holiday has been an absolute professional about his role with denver nuggets and it's the culture that the Nuggets have built within this team and this organization. And a guy like Justin Holiday, who's come here to try to win a ring because he's never won in his career, he's all about that. And I think it's impressive and it should be pointed out and it's noteworthy to talk about. And there's plenty of guys, like I said, who wouldn't do what he did. And he's done it really well. And a lot needs to be said about that because it's really seamless, his role for the Denver Nuggets. And... If KCP's healthy, he probably doesn't see 31 minutes tonight. There's not a shot. He might see 10 to 15, and it's still a roll. But he stepped up, and he did exactly his job. He had two rebounds. He had three assists. He had a steal. He was a plus eight. He did a really good job for the Denver Nuggets tonight, and that needs to be talked about. And he stepped up massively for the Denver Nuggets without KCP. Peyton Watson had just under 16 minutes tonight. I thought Reggie Jackson was not good again. He had 11 minutes. He did not see the floor much in the second half. In the second half, he played four minutes. And Zeke Naji, he played, he played the least amount for the Nuggets, Reggie Jackson. The Nuggets had a nine-man rotation in today's game, and Reggie saw 11 minutes, the entirety of it, and four in the second half. And Zeke had 8.51. So I thought Zeke Naji looked a little lost out there, unfortunately. He looked a little mismatched, and I'm a little – he's not there yet for me in terms of playoff rotation. Regular season rotation, he's there. But playoff rotation, I just don't think he's there against some better bench bigs. And my problem for me is he just puts the ball down too low. Like, that's his biggest problem right now. And that's and that's a good thing. It's improved from what his biggest problem was previously, like, is he doesn't look confident when he steps on the basketball court. So we've moved past that problem, which is great. Now we got to address the problem of – when he gets the ball in the paint, he's bringing the ball to waist level and to even just like a little like peck level, like right here on guys. And he got, he's just getting it stripped and he's not getting clean like op- shot opportunities off good offensive rebounds or good entry passes. And that 
really hurts a team when you're in that position because he's coming in for Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic and playing alongside guys like Peyton Watson, Michael Porter, probably Jamal, Reggie, Christian Braun, an assortment of players, Justin Holiday, some form of those players. And when he gets fed the ball there, he's not viewed as much of a scoring option because defenses know that he's not ultra confident inside the paint right now. And that's got to improve because right now when he's running the pick and roll with Jamal or Reggie off the bench unit and they bring a double team to that guard because they don't view Zeke Naji as a threat, whether he's rolling or slipping to the basket because he lacks touch around the basket. And that's a sincere problem because if he's not viewed as a threat to score when he rolls to the basket or slips the basket off a pick or just cuts the basket or even gets an offensive rebound, that's a problem because you're playing four on five at that point. And not only that, but in the pick and roll or whether he's slipping in the pick and roll or whatever variation of pick he's setting or doing, they're bringing a double to Jamal and or Reggie. And with Zeke not being an option, even just confidently to pass the ball out to create like a four on three or a three on two, depending how deep, how like how deep the defense is, the high low that they're playing. If they're doubling the pick, the pick and roll with the guard, he's got to be able to make that next pass to open up the offense. Because if you can make that next pass off uh, off a slip screen when they doubled the guard, you have a four on three, and then you can pass to the corner most likely for an open three, whether it's KCP who didn't play in this game, but Michael Porter who shot the lights out, Justin Holiday who, who also shot really well, or even just Peyton Watson, Aaron Gordon, Christian Braun, Zeke, not Zeke Naji because he would have the ball, but there's a slew of other guys who have opportunity to shoot the ball confidently. And I just like to see them get that role, but Zeke just needs to, if he's not scoring, he's got to distribute the ball better in that scenario. And for me, I'm fine with him slipping and even rolling in those scenarios, but just when you get the ball, you need to be confident with it. And I know a lot of it's lack of game experience and the more in-game experience he gets the better he will get in those situations and that's fine for me but the problem is there's only so much in-game experience he's going to get before it's the playoffs because he's not playing probably more than 10 12 minutes a night right now and that's fine that's that's his role and he shouldn't play more than that role but unless Aaron Gordon Yoke or Porter don't play for or Watson some grouping of those guys sits out a game or two like his role isn't going to be elevated so with that He's got to improve in the minutes he's giving, and tonight he did not do that. And I thought against the Heat, he didn't do super well. So he's got to find his confidence again that he was playing with against Washington and Portland in the first two games after the break. And I thought he did somewhat well actually against Golden State last Sunday on the road. So he's got to get back to playing like that. And when he's playing like that, his his confidence echoes throughout the team and throughout that second unit. And they just play much better, the Denver Nuggets. Um, but it's kind of my recap for today's game. I, I didn't have that much. The Nuggets, the Nuggets own the Lakers. And to me, like, as I put my iPad away here because I don't need my iPad for my notes anymore. I might bring it back out for some shot charts I'd like to look at too at the end of this podcast episode. But as we sit here analyzing this podcast right now and my iPad's away and I have more of just my thoughts and as I ruminate here, the Nuggets own the Lakers. And I think that's understood amongst the Nuggets and the Lakers players. I think it's understood amongst the league. As I started this podcast, the Nuggets have beat the Lakers eight times in a row. 
And when you beat a team eight times in a row, four of which you swept to go to the NBA Finals, you're in their head. And in the first half, when the Nuggets were down upwards, I think the biggest deficit they had was uh, 11, I believe. I'll check right now on my phone. But so they were down. I think 11 was their biggest deficit. And I was never worried because, yeah, their biggest deficit was 11. I was never worried because... The Nuggets, they, they were scoring offensively. And at the end of the day, I don't think that the Lakers have the matchup to stop the Nuggets when it comes to scoring. So with that in mind, unless a player just sh- absolutely shits the bed and shoots the ball poorly for that game for the Denver Nuggets, I don't think that the Nuggets were in a position where they needed to take more threes or do much more on the offensive end in the first half because they were doing what they needed to do it just was the defense and the defense did get better it just it just had to get there and for the Nuggets the defense is better when they're moving their feet they're communicating well they're communicating well and they are executing in their half court sets whether it's dribble handoffs with Jamal and Yoke whether it's pick and roll with Jamal and Yoke whether it's Michael Porter being more confident playing off the dribble and shooting or whether he's driving to the basket or whether all those are options for the Nuggets and a guy like Gordon and a guy like Gordon who had 18 tonight is a huge advantage for the Denver Nuggets because not many guys have a fourth option who can steadily drop 18 consistently throughout the playoffs like Aaron Gordon does and he does it in a physical physical manner. So when your main four guys combine for 102 and then you factor in Justin Holiday who had 13, your main, your best five scorers combined for 115 tonight and then realize that the Lakers had 114 total themselves, that's really impressive in itself because you had five guys outscore the entirety of your, the opposing team that you were playing against. So anytime that you do that, where five players on your team outscore the entirety of the other team, you're going to win every single game, 100%. There's no doubt in my mind. And the Nuggets did exactly that tonight. And if they continue to do that, they're going to continue to pile up these wins and get this one seed that they really want. And in the fourth quarter, when the Nuggets needed everything the most, guess who was there? Nikola Jokic, the two-time MVP, your reigning finals MVP, the defending NBA champion, Nikola Jokic. He was right there making every single read, and he does it consistently. And... I think that's the greatest part about Nikola Jokic is because every single play he makes is the right play, whether it's scoring himself, whether it's passing to Jamal Murray, whether it's passing to a guy like Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter or KCP who didn't even play today, and it was a guy like Justin Holiday or Christian Brown or Peyton Watson, Reggie Jackson, Zeke Naji. The list runs long of the guys who Jokic has played with and has made them better, and in the fourth quarter, when you need guys at their best and elevating their game, Nikola Jokic seamlessly does it every single night. And whatever set you get in the offense in the fourth quarter, whether it's a half-court set, fast break, in transition, whatever variation it is, when Jokic gets the ball and touches the ball, and he seemingly touches the ball every single time down in the fourth quarter, the Nuggets score on those possessions for the most part. And... Sometimes it's Jamal scoring, sometimes it's Michael Porter, sometimes it's Aaron Gordon. It frankly doesn't matter. It's all starting with Nikola Jokic and the attention that he draws on the offensive end. So sometimes when he's standing at the three-point line, the paint opens up for a guy like Aaron Gordon to go and dominate. Or if he's in the paint and eyes are drawn on him, shooters like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter are going to be more open for a three-point shot attempt and going to sink that shot and help the Denver Nuggets. So 
when you have such a luxury like the Nuggets have, it just elevates your team so much and you become that much of a better team in the fourth quarter. And that is why the Denver Nuggets are the NBA's best team, but they're the NBA's best fourth quarter team by a long and large margin, I would argue. And I know the stats probably back that up, but I'd argue the eye test, they're the best fourth quarter team and it's not frankly close. They close out games better than every single team in the NBA by a lot of points. On the offensive end, on the defensive end, they just lock down. They do not allow offensive rebounds. They close out on three-point shooters. They make two-point shots tough. They don't allow layups. They don't allow easy paint points. And they're just a fucking unit and a beast in the fourth quarter. If I have to play any team in the fourth quarter, the Denver Nuggets are the last team I want to play in the fourth quarter. They're just so good. They play such together. They play so well together, and they play such good team basketball. And now to preview Tuesday's game for the Denver Nuggets against the Phoenix Suns. They get back at it on Tuesday against the Phoenix Suns in Denver at 8 p.m. local time. The game will be on TNT. It's going to be a great game. Bradley Beal should play. If you looked at tonight's game for the Phoenix Suns and noticed that they lost, which is good for the Denver Nuggets, Bradley Beal was ejected. Doo-doo, to be honest, kind of a stupid fucking play that he did. He initiated it. He kind of was banging the ball off Jalen Green's head, being a moron. And then engaged right back with him, kind of gave him a push, shove around the neck, upper chest area, was ejected from that, given a flagrant two. So he'll be back for the Denver Nuggets game, and he's a really good player. So the absence for him tonight, the absence for him in the Phoenix Suns game tonight was evident, and Nuggets fans can expect that he'll play. Don't think he's injured. He's not injured, though he has been injured a lot this season. He's currently not injured. Something could change. The Phoenix Suns do play tomorrow against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the Suns are going to play three games in four days. So that's a bit of a tough stretch for them. But for the Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets are going to beat the Phoenix Suns on their defense. And in order to beat the Phoenix Suns, you're going to have to do three things. And Two of those are defensive. One of those is offensive. Offensively, you're going to have to dominate in the paint like you've been doing. If you dominate in the paint and establish your presence in the paint, it's going to help to open up your outside shooters like Jamal Murray, KCP, and Michael Porter Jr. And Michael Porter is attacking the paint as is those other two guys. But when those guys are at their best, their shots are falling from three-point land. And those shots are going to fall because Jokic and Gordon are attacking the paint and being physically dominant, allowing the other guys to create spacing on the floor and for the Phoenix Suns defense to have no choice but to double team and come crashing down on those two guys in the paint. That's the first thing. The second thing is the Denver Nuggets are going to have to guard the three-point shot really well because the Phoenix Suns love to shoot the three ball. So it's vital and ever so important that the Denver Nuggets play really good three-point defense because if they don't play good three-point defense, the Suns are going to light you the fuck up from three, and that's not a winning recipe to beat them, especially at home. And number three, my number three key is you cannot let Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, or Kevin Durant beat you individually. And I know that's an incredibly tall task because those are the three best players, and those three guys probably take upwards of 80 shots a game combined for the Phoenix Suns. And it doesn't matter. You need to play good one-on-one defense for them. Those guys are going to want to ISO, especially Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And Devin Booker is going to want to get the ball in the free throw line area, kind of like Jokic for the Suns, a little higher. And he likes to just go to work, whether it's one dribble, two dribble, jump shot. And he's got one of the smoothest jump shots in the league, as does Kevin Durant, as does Bradley Beal. Those are some of the best scorers in the league. But the Nuggets beat the Suns last year in the playoffs on their defense. And if they can play like they did in games one, two, five, and six of last year's Western Conference semifinals, I have a really good time believing that the Denver Nuggets are going to get the win tonight.
not tonight, sorry, on Tuesday. I'm getting a little ahead of myself as much as I wish they could just go right back at it tonight as I'm so pumped up from this win tonight in their 6-0 stretch out the All-Star break. The Denver Nuggets get two nights off, which will be some much-needed rest for them, and I'm glad they're going to get they'll, – they'll fly back to Denver tonight probably, get a nice day off tomorrow, and then maybe they'll practice Monday before they get back at it Tuesday. But to get back to Phoenix, I think Phoenix, beyond their main three guys – they're going to start Grayson Allen most likely with Yusef Nurkic and Yusef Nurkic, depending on his usage and how he's doing against Nikola Jokic, will either see 30-ish minutes or probably in the 20s to high teens. He played like 17 tonight or 20 minutes tonight. So that was a bit strange. I don't watch the Phoenix Suns a lot, to be honest with you, so I'm not going to even sit here and lie. I do watch them from time to time because they have a star-studded group of Booker, Durant, and Bradley Beal. They just haven't strung it together. In the past 20-25 games, they've been much better as of late since Bradley Beal's been back. But the Phoenix Suns are beatable. Their defense is not good. So that's why it's important to execute in their half-court sets for the Denver Nuggets. And not only that, but when the Phoenix Suns bench gets out there on the floor, you have to dominate because their best bench player is Royce O'Neal, who they traded for. And he's a really good role player. I actually talked about the Nuggets potentially acquiring him. It was a bit more high of a cost than... I would like the Nuggets to give up, so I understand why they didn't attempt to trade for him. Not to say they didn't attempt to trade for him. That probably makes sense as to why they didn't finalize a trade for Royce O'Neal. But the thing is, when you look at the Phoenix Suns bench, Royce O'Neal, Bull Bull, Eric Gordon, and Damian Lee, there's there's like a slew of like old veteran players who like maybe can score two to four points, but no one that like really jumps off at you besides Royce O'Neal and maybe Bull Bull, just because his name has kind of carried some weight. But I don't think Bull Bull's that good. He brings some elements to the table that I think can be like a positive for a bench unit and that can make it a slight difficulty to guard. But I don't see a guy like Zeke Naji or Aaron or uh, Peyton Watson like struggling to guard Bull Bull off the bench, to be honest with you. And I think a guy like Christian Braun can have a big game in Tuesday because he's a guy who can guard Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, can come off the bench. A guy like Julian Strother, not Julian Strother, sorry, uh, Justice Hall, Justin Holiday, not Julian Strother. My apologies there. Uh, Justin Holiday, I think he can have a big role off the bench. And I think, as I talked about earlier, he deserves to see the floor more. And I think just expanding your rotation. He is a trusted guy that you should play. He's a good three-point shooter. He can score off the dribble. He can play some solid defense at the wing, at the three or four position, stretch it out if you need. Good veteran presence. He's smart. He's got a good IQ. And those players, they don't grow on trees. So when you got one on your team, they deserve to be played. And Justin Holiday is that exact guy. And it's a little late that he's deservingly cracked the rotation. I think he should have played earlier in the season, to be honest with you. I question why Michael Malone didn't play him a bit, but that's done and that's in the past, so it's whatever. We've got to move on from that. But in my eyes, you're starting five with KCP. Hopefully he'll be back for Tuesday's game, and if he's not, expect Christian Braun or even Jocelyn Holiday to start in KCP's place. I think they might lean Christian Braun. Just he's more of a natural two versus Justin Holiday, who's more of a three or four, and. Justin Holiday, I think, is a bit better off the bench, especially going up against the Suns bench unit. I think he's got a lot of great potential, as well as Peyton Watson, to just be athletic and play a big role for the Denver Nuggets. And when he's making shots like he did tonight, what a great role player he is, because your bench unit then consists of Reggie Jackson, who's not been good lately, Christian Braun, who's been good, Peyton Watson, who's been good, Justin Holiday, who's been great, and then Zeke Naji, who's been eh lately. And that's 11 guys 
or no, that's 10 guys, sorry, 10 guys. And Justin Holiday was not mentioned as being part of the nine man rotation come out the all-star break. He's, he was the 10th guy, Michael Malone said. But I think, to be honest with you, he should swap spots with Zeke Nagy in the rotation, and Justin Holiday should be a lock for the playoff rotation. He's played well enough lately, and I think just the value he can bring to the basketball court in itself is good enough for him to play in the playoffs. I'm not talking heavy minutes. The minutes will be cut down, but six to ten minutes a night for Justin Holiday in the playoffs would be just the right amount, whether it's two to three a quarter, I think is the perfect amount for him. And I think in that role, he can excel and do exactly what the Nuggets need him to do. So on that note, I just want to say that I am doing a giveaway. One of my first 500 subscribers who subscribes to this podcast on whatever platform you listen to will have an opportunity to win a free Nikola Jokic jersey. All you have to do is subscribe and follow. And if you win, I will DM you your size asking for it. So it'll be that simple. Then I'll ship it out on my dime. So it's really simple. All you have to do is subscribe and follow. And in addition to that, I might have a special surprise that I'm doing with the Colorado Harvest Company, the brand that I've partnered with for March Madness. I just have to talk to them before I announce it, but hopefully that can be finalized and that'll be really cool that everyone's going to want to stay tuned for. So on that note, I just want to say everyone have a wonderful day. Go Nuggets. Let's enjoy these next two days off and let's get a win on Tuesday against the Phoenix Suns to start this two-game homestand off strong before we face the Boston Celtics on Thursday. Bye.